You're listening to The Course Creator Show, the podcast all about building your online course business. We talk about marketing strategy, making money, and creating a business with impact that gives you freedom and lights you up. I'm Gemma Bonham Carter, a Canadian mom of two, a speaker, a real estate investor, a reality TV lover, and an online business strategist who has helped thousands of entrepreneurs create, launch, and scale their digital course businesses. Let's dive into this episode. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Course Creator Show. I am so excited we have a guest here today, Cheryl Merrick. Hey, Cheryl, how are you? Hey, Gemma. So happy to be here today. So happy to have you, fellow Canadian. Yes. Yes. Opposite uh, end of the country. Fine. <laughs> I'm in BC. <laughs> However, still, we have uh, geography on our side. Love that. Um, Cheryl, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. So for those of you who don't know, I'll get you to introduce yourself in a second. But Cheryl's background, she is a business strategist. She's an automation engineer, a deliverability expert, and a funnels pro. I feel like she and I could probably sit on a video chat and talk for hours about nerdy funnel stuff. Uh, And she, yeah, she brings the magic of automation to coaches and course creators so that they can live their lives away from the tyranny of the tiny screens. So welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you got started, because just before we hit the record button, we were chatting about how we both kind of got really serious with our online businesses when we had babies. So what, uh, what, how did that begin for you? Well, you know, we have a baby and then all of a sudden your priorities completely change. Mm -hmm. And um, I couldn't make working a regular job work anymore. I had three babies two years apart. So um, just shy of two years. Yeah, around that. And so it was hectic to say the least. But like I was shocked after having my first and my second, like the cost of daycare, the wait list um, and just like the trauma of having to be away from your family, mm-hmm. you know, at such a young age, it's so hard to go back to a full-time job and I just couldn't make it work. And so that's how I got into entrepreneurship and uh, doing my own thing. And I think, you know, a lot, especially moms, but a lot of people, that's the same problem. It's the same reason we do our own thing is because we just don't fit into that small yeah. box anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And so around what year was that, that you were getting started? Uh, 2011. 2011. Well, to actually, I was working for other people's online businesses, not my own online business. So it was probably closer to 2016, 2017 when I was in, in business for my own self. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Well, um, let's just dive on in to what we really want to talk about in this episode, because I, okay. I love funnels. I love email marketing. Anyone who listens to this show regularly knows that about me. However, one of my dirty little secrets is that I suck when it comes to tagging in the back end of my email platform. So for those who are maybe not as familiar with email marketing, uh, this is, there's like lingo here. Okay. We can talk about automations and funnels, which is like automated emails that get sent in a sequence. Uh, And then we can talk about segmentation, where we are putting our subscribers into different groups. And there is tagging, which really is all about adding data 
to our subscriber. So that's my like introductory way of introducing this topic. But I would love for you, Cheryl, to just, can you just give us and the listeners like an intro to what tagging is? Like what even is it, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. I have a, a course called WTFR Tags because we've all said that. <laughs> like everyone has said, what are tags? So um, the way I explain tags is that they're an easy and intuitive way to sort your clients based on interests, preference, attributes, and then also actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not all they are. They can also trigger other things to happen in your email platform, like automation. So if they were to take an action, a tag can actually make a new action happen. So they're pretty powerful things and super important to sort of get a general sense of when you're starting any type of funnels or email marketing. I explain it like in my past life, I was a travel agent and a wedding planner way like 20 years ago, dating myself a bit. (laughs) Um, So I think of it old school. To me, in my brain, they're like sticky notes on a file folder, Mm. right? Your contact record and email. Marketing is the file that has all the information, their name and their email address. And the tags are like the color-coded sticky notes that you would stick on there. You know, you get off the phone with a client and they said something that they're interested in. You'd like sticky note that so you can remember it, right? So if that's like in an office admin setting. So you know, color-coded binders, little tabs, things like that. It's how you can organize your people and how you can give better service and make better sales because now you actually know things about them. It's how you are able to get to know people at scale, Yeah, essentially. So if someone's thinking, okay, Cheryl, that sounds great. I already have like a welcome sequence built out in my business. Like maybe they don't have very advanced funnels at this stage, but they have a welcome sequence. It's four or five emails that goes out. What is some way that like, what would be kind of the first steps that you would recommend people taking when it comes to thinking about, okay, how can I start to implement and use a tagging strategy to make my email work better? Right. So, well, first we need to talk about segmentation because that's, it goes together. And you're going to find it can be confusing depending on your email provider or your funnels platform because they all use different lingo Mm -hmm. when it comes to segments, groups, lists, all of those things. They're all this, they all mean the same thing generally. So tags are something that's applied to the contact, but segments are a way of grouping people together. And tags are the tool that you can use to segment. So It's like going back to those sticky notes, (laughs) everyone with a purple sticky note, and then there's people with a pink sticky note. And then a segment would be like, okay, let's group everybody with these three colors together because they make sense as a a unit. Somebody we'd want to email, you know, they've purchased something. They've also clicked this link and they've signed up for this freebie. That's like, could be a segment of people. So um, sticky notes basically is how yes. I think of them like, and then grouping them together. And, but there can also be, cause my brain works from a different angle. Mine is okay, like, hit me with it. okay. Cause mine, I think of some of the groups when I think of some of the segments on my email list, Yeah, that comes first. So I have like a group of people who've purchased this product, a group of people who are current members of the passive project, a group of people who are just on my general email list is like the umbrella group. Yeah. And then my tags become 
very specific things within those groups. So like, yes, what you were saying is if everyone had the purple sticky note and they went across groups, we they yeah. could be into one group, into one segment. Yeah, yeah. But there's also the other way down. Do you see what it I'm saying? It just depends on what the data that you're looking for and how yes. you organize it. So if you want to just be more basic and just have like, I have a, a newsletter list and I have a clients, like people who have purchased from me list, right? Yeah. Um, so you could look at it op- the opposite direction. That's totally fine too. But right. those are the larger umbrella groups, right? Whereas tags yeah. are more granular. Yeah. What, what actions have they taken? What have they done? Things they like that they've indicated that they've, you know, they're interested in. Those are really helpful data points to know. Right. So back to your welcome sequence. Yeah. So um, I would recommend using tags to note who has completed it so they don't go back through it again. Oh my gosh. Brilliant. So just adding a tag at the end, welcome sequence complete. And then you can build a check-in at the before they enter it. If they have this tag, don't put them back in here. Have you ever gotten on someone's email list and then you download something else and then you get the welcome sequence a second time? And you're like, hey, I've read all these emails. OMG. Are you guys listening? Yeah. <laughs> Cheryl just dropped the best tip ever. I need to like reiterate that so that everybody understood what you were saying. So yeah. when someone has come through the welcome sequence or through some sort of like lead magnet Any delivery sequence, sequence we're yeah. going to put a completed tag on their file that says that they've gone through it so mm-hmm. that should they re-enter for some reason at a later date, they're not going to get it sent it again. And this would actually mm-hmm. also, you, I'm thinking about, so here's a problem that has happened for us in our business. Okay. Someone downloads a lead magnet. They're already on our list. They go through the welcome sequence, all my things that happen in the background. That's fine. They're hanging out with me for a couple months. Then they go and download a different lead magnet, but I do repurpose some of those emails into that next lead magnet sequence. So I want them to get the lead, the new lead magnet. So I can have that one email go out to them that delivers Mm -hmm. a lead magnet. But what you're then suggesting is, well, then at that stage in your funnel, you're going to basically boot anyone out who has this completed tag. Is that right? That's exactly right. Now you use active campaign, right? Yep right now. So it would just be one of those if then boxes that you plunk plunk in. And I call them gate checks. Like at an airport, we're going to check their ID. We're going to check their tags. And do they pass? Do they get these next emails or not? Yeah. Maybe they go down a different route Yeah. or maybe they get a tag that sends them over to just to the newsletter list or somewhere else. Um, Yeah. So I build in those gate checks all over the place to make Mm -hmm. sure that people are getting communication that feels right for the point that they're at with us. Yeah. Really smart. So can you give us some, whether it's examples or even just ones that you want to think about, um, that might be easy to understand for our audience, like times when you have implemented tags that have really changed the way I, cause I know you have so many clients that have really changed the way that their email marketing happens in their business, or like some success stories of things that you've done that have, whether it's sure we can talk about increasing conversion rates, but also just other mm-hmm. metrics of success of using a, this kind of these sorts of strategies. Yeah. Well, one of, um, I just finished with a big, big client, who, a big um, funnel ecosystem, I should say, lots of different things happening and building in those gate checks is probably the number one thing mm-hmm. that makes a difference um, when you have a lot of different 
offers, or maybe you have one offer, but you have a lot of different entry points into your world. Lots of, um, you have a podcast and you have, or a blog and you have content upgrades, like people are downloading lots of different things and you want to make sure that you're talking to them in a way that makes sense. Cause you and I know, um, automation and evergreen is awesome. Having things happen on autopilot, but it's only good if you can still connect. Yeah. Right. And if you're talking to everybody the same way, it gets a bit lost, right? So someone who's been working with you for two years is not the same as someone who's just done one thing. So building in those little checks and sending different communication to people, depending on where they're at in the customer journey with you, I think is the biggest um, value that I feel can bring to conversions as well, because connection leads straight to better sales. Yeah. So let's just give a handful of example tags people would have. So we've talked about ones around um, the one about like them being in, having completed a funnel or completed a sequence of emails is one. Can you talk about some others that are like common ones that you use with your clients? Yeah. So I have a whole system uh, and I teach it in my program. And so my, my biggest game changing tip for you today the one thing that I need you to take away today, everybody listening, we're turn up the ear pods. Yeah, like we're with <laughs> breath here. Use categories. For heaven's sake, categorize your tags. Give each one a job. And how you do that is just in how you name it. At the beginning of the tag, have a category. Okay, and you then gotta drop us, drop us some category examples. Oh Let's my gosh, I should out. pull them up. I have 12 in my system that I can, people can pick and choose, but um, I'll give you some of mine. Subscriber is my, and I number mine as well so that they come up in the list in order. <laughs> in my, I'm, I'm that nerdy. I number things as well. This so feels number like, one okay. category. <laughs> Hang on. This feels like the home edit for your email marketing. You it know, is, it's, yeah. like, it's like organizing everything that you have by category. And we're going to like purge the stuff that we're not using anymore. Let's glow it up even more. Then my next best tip would be to track them somewhere. On a spreadsheet is a great idea. I'll give you one in my program. You can just have mine. You can swipe it. But put them somewhere so that when you're building an automation or something, you can just look at them all in one spot that you can see the strategy on. I was going to say paper, but obviously on the screen. You know, Mm -hmm. you can look at what you already have the format that you're using, but sticking to a naming convention with a category will change your game. So for me, okay. yeah, I was going to say, let's go back to the categories. For let's a get them. Give us let's some get examples. So I won't go through all of them, but I'll give you like my top favorite. Yeah. yeah. Subscriber tags is I, I call them zero one subscriber and I put little brackets around it before the tag. So that would be regular newsletter. That would be clicked to opt out of whatever funnel that would be anything to do with their preferences of how they receive emails from me. Okay. Right. All of those things. Cause that's all very important. So when I go to send any email, that's the category I'm looking at to make sure that those people have given me consent to email them. And, you know, I'm respecting their preferences because that's really important. Um, trigger tags, trigger tags have a job to do and they're temporary. So their job is to start an automation and then we can just remove them immediately because they shouldn't stay. Their job is done. They triggered an automation. Now we can remove them within the within the funnel. Those are helpful. They have a really quick job. Yeah. See, because tags, I should explain that. Some tags stay on a contact because they're data. 
Others are just for a specific action and then you don't need them anymore. Yeah. Like less status. Oh, okay. Keep going. So that would be the one I would use for um, at the beginning of every funnel, I would add a status in this funnel. Mm -hmm. So I know who is currently going through the various automations. And then that would be removed at the end. So they only have it while they're inside and then they leave. That's one of my favorites. Do you have a question? I can see. I, yes. You're thinking. I, well, you're I'm thinking. just like, I, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, okay, how am I going to like rename all of the tags in my back end? But the, so when we talked originally about having completed the funnel, a certain yeah. funnel, you're mm-hmm. removing the in funnel tag because it is a status yeah. tag, but that is going to be a subscriber tag that gets added later. It could be. It depends on what makes sense for you, right? right? I'll give you a formula, but like you have to, there's going to be things that just feel like that work in your brain for how yeah. this is going to get organized. For me, um, my next favorite category I have is an activity category. And my activity category is actions they've taken with my business. Yeah. And that's more for data. Like that's how I can pull up a contact and see all the things that they've interacted with, links they've clicked on, things they've participated in. It's more like a history, you call it history tag, you call mm-hmm. it activity tag. Um, what you call it doesn't matter, but call it something. And that's generally what I could do as well for, you know, finish the welcome sequence, or you can include it in the subscriber category, whatever makes sense for you. But just having that documented in a way that you remember how it's done <laughs> too right. when you go to use it, um, it's just a game changer in giving you eyes on your people and where they're moving within your systems for sure. Yeah. Now, can you talk a bit, little bit about what, when you have set this up for other people, um, for mm-hmm. your clients, what it means for them moving forward? Like what are some of the changes that happen for them in terms of how they use their email systems or some of the benefits that happen? Well, just getting strategic is always a benefit, right? Um, save time would be number one, probably. Mm-hmm. And can, like no wasted energy trying to like being confused with what's happening. Yeah, And with v- any VAs or contractors, there's a naming formula, there's a spreadsheet where they all are, there's an SOP on how to use them. You know, every time you build a funnel at this step one, you do this, then you, you add this tag, then you take this tag off because we're talking categories. So we can just be general in an SOP about it and it can, they right. can follow. So um, efficiency, faster funnel builds, better connection with their audience, definitely. Mm-hmm which I do think leads to conversions. It's pretty hard to throw a number on if tagging increases conversions by exactly how much, but mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer once your systems are clean and working smooth and you see where people are moving through your things and you can pull data simply on all the actions they've taken. Yeah. Um you can see like if they click a link, you can add a tag when they do that, you know? Activity clicked sales page link which then I love doing things like that could trigger a note to come to me to send um, a video like a Bonjuro or bomb bomb video or something to all the people who just did this action. So smart. So, so you can really increase conversions by using it to just know where your people are, how they're interacting with you and how ready they are to hear different messages, right? Like not, it would be out of place for you to like do a Bonjoro video or like a little video for just people who are like, oh, I didn't even open that email. Yes. <laughs> what is she talking about? <laughs> right. But if they've clicked link A, B, and C and like they're really interested, but they might have questions, that would be a really good contact to take a personal outreach, send them a DM or, you know, send them a video or something like that. So I would think that would be where any financial 
benefit would lie is just the ability to give better service and better sales that way. Particularly when you have some, whether it's a high ticket service or a Mm -hmm. high ticket program that you're trying to sell any time that you can, yeah, add in elements where it feels so much more custom or personalized. And yet, like little do they know we're actually so much is automated on the back in the background uh, Mm -hmm. is, is such a win. Well, the, I like to think of it automation as um, it's like an automatic client journey, but not every step is automated necessarily, but the automation is prompting you, especially in an evergreen funnel, Gemma. Like you have an evergreen funnel where people are in there all the time. You don't, it's not like a live launch where you're going to check how many people interacted with yesterday's email. Those people are getting those emails every day, depending on where they are. So having your automation prompt you that they've hit this level of engagement or done these actions so that then you can reach out is crazy valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My brain is like going into places <laughs> of like, okay, yeah. Within an evergreen funnel, if they've, you know, clicked through to the sales page, clicked through to a webinar, uh, yep. maybe even landed on the checkout page and haven't converted what a great opportunity for you to layer in one extra moment of sending them a bonjour video to your point. Well, you know, if you do a, you know, a personal outreach, it requires your time, but the ROI is hundred percent worth it on the right contact, like with the right people, the people where they're, they're showing you, they've wanted more information. They've shown you like, I'm interested, but obviously something's off. So then you can help them, you know, make a decision either way. And, um, I love that benefit. Yeah. Yeah. And tagging, isn't what's doing that. That's you. But tagging is like the mechanism and the back end that helps that happen. Absolutely. Well, it's incredibly helpful to understand who are our hottest leads. And even if you were thinking about this from a perspective of like, okay, you know what? I actually need to do a little push next month of, you know, this one particular service or program that I have, but I don't want to necessarily go and do an entire live launch. That's going to feel overwhelming with all the puzzle pieces. How can I do that in a more low-key kind of way? Well, if you had really well done a really well done tagging system, you could use that system to identify who are the people, let's say, in the last two months who have done X, Y, Z, like you have certain filters and parameters around it. You pull just that grouping from your email list and send them a mini campaign to invite them into your programs. And my guess is that it would convert incredibly well because you have such a warm Mm -hmm. audience. Yeah. And data is where predictability and confidence come from, right? And and if you just build those tags in throughout as you're building your automations and your funnels, it'll it'll take you five minutes to just pull a report and see who these people are. Yeah. So it would take you no time at all. But if you, yeah, you have, it's that beginning work, that work you put in in the beginning that pays off later that the work that you could just skip, yeah. <laughs> right? Because sometimes when I'm, when I'm tagging things, I don't know why I'll need it later, but I feel like the data will be good. So I grab it anyway, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So when it comes to cleaning up an already messy <laughs> backend, that's probably the next question people might be thinking. They're like, oh, but mine's a disaster. Mm-hmm. Everyone's is a disaster. I've never worked with the clients whose isn't. So don't worry about that. I see three types of people. I see uh, what I call the willy-nilly tagger, who does the rando tagging and like drunk Mad Libs tagging, (laughs) (laughs) right? And that's probably the most common. It's like you're building out your funnel or whatever, and then you get to that point and you see the tag button and you know you probably should 
like do something there, but you don't really know what you should be doing there. So you just randomly give it a tag. And if you've done this, you you know what I'm talking about. I had one client, I was cleaning her back end systems and there was a tag that said, bought the thing. Ah. And I'm like, but what thing you've grown? Her business had grown. She had lots of things. Like, what is this for? <laughs> but at the time it made sense because she probably had one thing at that time. Right. <laughs> bought the thing. So Great. Funny. Not enough information. So, um, <laughs> so that's, I call that rando tagging, right? And then there's the second type of person I see is the overtagger. Mm. And they're coming from a good place. They know they're important, but they're not coming at it with like a strategy. And so they tag all over the place and they're handing them out like Oprah, handing out thing, valuable things. And they know they're important, but they're just like, wait, just, just like tag vomit everywhere. We don't want to do that. I like to tag a lot. However, we have to consider the strategy and why the data might be useful later, right? Mm-hmm. Because otherwise it's just overwhelming and messy. And oh, and those those types of people usually um, will have multiple tags for like the exact same thing. They'll just have different versions of the same one, right? That's common right. as well. And then we have the tag avoider. And you know who you are that you just like can't deal. <laughs> you just don't, just don't do any of it at all. Yeah. Um, and that's from overwhelm, tech overwhelm, learning curve, confusion, and not understanding what they are and how they work. And the thing is, is like that can work for a while. Like when you're new in business, you can get away with that for a while. But there comes a time where you're going to wish you had that data and you're wish you, you're going to want to talk to your people differently, not all the same, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so some point you'll you'll wish you had thought of that earlier. So now if you have a hot mess, another one of my favorite categories of tags is archive tags. So I will, if I find a tag, I have no clue what its purpose is, but I don't want to delete it because it could be buried in there somewhere and break something. Just put a little uh, brackets archive category at the front and put it on your spreadsheet to go down the rabbit hole later. Makes sense. Because like, you don't want to delete it. You don't think you need it. But just like that way, when you see it in the list, you're like, oh, that's not probably not relevant to me today. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of Um, sense. As well as most email providers and funnel systems, check yours. Don't take my word for it. Check your help articles. But most of them, you can change the name of the tag without disrupting anything. Yeah. Like just the name of it. But double check because every platform has different um, ways of operating. So you don't want to break your systems accidentally. But um, most of the time, it's fine for you to edit the name and without messing anything up. So you can just go in and start labeling them and give them a specific job and make it clear and a bit strategic. Start thinking through what what's the point here? Yes. <laughs> like, can what you go, would be good to know? Can you, like going back to that client that you just wrapped up for who had the big funnel mm-hmm. ecosystem, just yeah. for someone who's listening, who's like, okay, but like all I have is a welcome sequence and, you know, I'm thinking about building Mm -hmm. an evergreen funnel, but I haven't yet. You know, the idea of all of these tags might feel kind of overwhelming, but when you get to the point that your client was just that, where you built out this whole ecosystem, can you give some examples of what some of those different funnels were so that people can have like a vision of where they might what they might be working Where towards. To. Yeah. So for like just a basic welcome sequence, we already discussed, um, you might use a trigger tag to start it depending on how they get into your system. You know, if it's through a zap or an integration, you might need to use a tag to start it. I would call it trigger and then that, whatever it, it's doing. 
And then the very first step inside the automation, you're going to want to remove that mm-hmm. because that's it's done its job. And then we talked about status, like knowing where people are in our system. So going through welcome sequence. Yeah. <laughs> and then we talked about noting that they've com- what they've finished, that they've already completed that. And so what those about three different- things. What about like the different funnels that you yeah, like? So those okay. three things are going to be the thing that helps us once you grow. Because okay. so this client has a warm-up sequence. And then at the end of the warm-up sequence, we are going to send them to invite them to do a quiz. She has a quiz she just launched. And so we can add at the bottom, like, you know, they complete the welcome sequence, trigger the quiz. <laughs> Right. Right. Send in the send in the quiz troops. They take the quiz. They're going to get a different tag depending on their answer. Right. Which will then trigger specific communication to whatever quiz result they received. And then we have this gets really fancy. So uh, <laughs> we don't have to get this fancy. But then I have a system where they're after the quiz are invited to potentially watch a webinar or even just a webinar without a quiz. And we want to send different communication to people who watched at least half of the webinar or to the pitch part. We can actually, there's other software that we can integrate where we can actually apply tags based on how much how much of a webinar they watched. And then we can send in those people might go straight into sales emails. The people who didn't watch it all might get emails saying, hey, reminder to go check this out before it expires. Go watch this webinar before it expires. They need a little bit more love to get them through to watch the end, right? Mm-hmm. So those types of uses in a bigger funnel ecosystem, super helpful because we can get really targeted in how we present offers. But those gate checks that I explained, even just in the welcome sequence, I use them in every single funnel, every single one. There isn't one. I can't think of one that I don't. Very first thing once they come in is, should they be here? Yeah. <laughs> right? Because when you get a lot of things going, um, like some. If you have really good content, people will opt in for everything. Have you ever mm-hmm. done that? I've done that with like, especially copywriters. I'll download like 10 of their blog, like lead magnets or something on totally. their blog. I'll download everything and read everything they've ever done. And that can get troublesome in the back end with funnels because yeah. totally. people will be signaling different things, right? So at the beginning of everything, should these people be here? I'm checking their tags. And then, like you said, within yours, if even halfway point, you're like, should they get this email? We can build a gate check in there. Most email platforms, that's like um, an if-then statement type of a function. You know, yeah. like if they have this tag, then Remove they can them. continue. And if they yeah. don't, then they can go a different direction. Yeah. yeah. And so that client that you built the like 12-part funnel sequence for, is that person sending regular newsletters to their list as well? Or is yeah. the idea that they're automating a lot of their emails? I would say probably most of my clients that I work with, including that particular one, what we do is it's very strategic when they get added to the regular newsletter list. Mm -hmm. And that can be different for each person. But generally, if there's a primary evergreen funnel, they're not joining the list until after because we don't want to muddy that message. That message is very strategically laid out for them to take them on a journey. So they don't get added that te- the subscriber newsletter tag until after they're finished. Yeah. Um, some of the other ones are okay to keep. You know, they can get the double, they yeah. can get the weekly email and the automation. Um, one thing I do then, like for an evergreen funnel or other ones, if there's a lot of point of entries and it can be really confusing about what they should be seeing, you can also add a step to your automation where you remove them from the newsletter list. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you can add them back on just to like pause 
pause those, um, pause those emails. And depending on your software, that can be a step in the automation where you remove from a list per se, but some platforms don't have lists in that way. It would just be like remove the tag, the newsletter tag and yeah. re-add the newsletter tag. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So either way works. But those all just go into the strategy of your your funnel ecosystem and what you're trying, the message that you're sending at each time. Yeah. Um, I think and just thinking through. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, like, I think one of the key messages from this episode and talking about this stuff is, at least for my brain, I know that stepping away from the computer and the tech and, yes. and, and drawing out what I yes. want to have happen on paper is yes. really the best first step because you can think through the experience as though you were in your subscriber's shoes and go through it that way and then find the tech that's going to best like yes. match what you want rather than trying to work with something that's already I don't know. That you just summed up like the second email in my welcome sequence. That's what I say. Is <laughs> yeah. Put the tech away. <laughs> and I always say the best tech can't solve a broken plan. Just no. can't. No. It's like the um, it's the similar to like, you know, people think running great ads is the key to a super successful course business, but like if you don't have a compelling offer that solves a real problem, you can have the most sophisticated ads and ad strategy in the world yes. and still make no sales because what you're selling isn't right. So yeah, 1000%. My other tip, and you mentioned it when, when you were talking about mapping it out on paper is, is the customer journey. They're just, these are our people, <laughs> right? Just imagine going through your own funnel. Is it enjoyable? Is it, does it make sense? Does the communication you get at each turn Makes sense because sometimes you'll get I I'm I'm one of those person who is always like looking at emails in my inbox and go oh they don't have a clue who I am <laughs> yeah. or what I've you know you've purchased something and they continue to sell you the exact same thing yeah you know just little things like that um, if you try to map it out on paper especially I love that what should happen next who are these people what communication makes sense to them and then anytime I go to build anything I just stop and go who's getting these emails. Yeah. And who should not get these emails? And then you just build that in and it solves a lot of problems later. And I do believe we'll make you more money. I really do. Yeah. Okay. You're leaving me with like, I have this, a new big project in Q1 and that is to go and not only clean up my tags and organize them, but use them more effectively. So yeah, you got my wheels turning for sure. Before we wrap this up, what, it, um, speaking of tech, do yeah. you have a favorite email? marketing platform or oh, let's, say, let's say loaded question okay 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 <laughs> top three top three. Oh, good i have top three okay. um so my number one favorite is keep pro and keep um i'm a partner i'm an agency partner of theirs so i'm probably biased but i love them because it used to be infusionsoft or people used to call confusionsoft <laughs> because it was bloated and complicated and you needed to hire an agency to do it for you right They've realized that and they built a platform that's just as powerful, but super easy to use. Mm -hmm. So I love that because it has the power of Infusionsoft, the, you know, the real OGs of automation and the automation builder looks like a big old whiteboard nice. and I can build to my heart's content and there's literally nothing you can't do or so it feels like. So that is number my favorite. However, it's in the higher price category. It's a full stack CRM that does, you get a business phone line, you get text message marketing, you get appointment links, you get landing pages, like a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So for new 
entrepreneurs, it's not always necessarily something they're ready for. That'd be my favorite because I there I love to nerd out and do all the things. I don't like to be told no, I can't do something, right? <laughs> Number two favorite, of course, is active campaign. I would say that's definitely my next favorite one. Um, same automation powerhouse, right? Really, really amazing automation you can do there and build out all kinds of things. My third favorite would be probably convert kit because it's tag based. If you notice these are all tag based platforms. Mm-hmm. Um convert kit is also tag based so you can use a lot of these strategies effectively there as well. It's a lower price point. Some people find it easier, I find it more complicated, but that's because I'm doing more advanced things. I think I truly believe that's there are points in your business where you just need to use like the minimum viable or something mm-hmm. that's in your price range that does what you need it to do. But then there comes a time when you start creating so many workarounds, it's time to up-level your tech and and to move to the next step. Yeah, I agree. And and you don't have to start there, right? It's not an insurmountable feat to just move platforms when you hit a point in your business when you need to do that. Right. If you haven't, you know... Nobody's going to start out being the 12 funnel ecosystem. Business, no, you don't right? get there overnight. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I mean, if, I mean, I'm obviously biased about tags, but if you have a tag strategy and you're writing them on a spread, like you're keeping track of what they are. So it's so easy to move. Yeah. Yeah. You can okay. just upload that spreadsheet to a new platform. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. This has been so good. I'm really serious when I say that I've just put a new project on my, yeah, on my Q1 uh, plan. Uh, my team may or may not be happy about this. We'll see. <laughs> uh, I might be pulling some people in to help me organize things because, um, you know, actually one of my priorities in 2023 is to, I already have quite a few funnels in my business, but they don't necessarily, they as I've grown, the funnels don't necessarily speak to each other in the most Mm. sophisticated way that they could. And so one of the priorities has been like, okay, how do we, it's been a little bit just like adding over time without thinking of these things together. Um, And so to your lingo of like having an ecosystem, I think that is more um, like one of the things that we need to think about in 2023. So this has been a great conversation for me. I hope all the listeners (laughs) have a lot of, uh, have a lot of aha moments too. I know it's a more advanced conversation, um, Mm -hmm. but we have a lot of advanced listeners. Uh, So where can people find you, Cheryl, if they're wanting to learn more about your like tagging, can you give people the link of the of the program that they can purchase? Yeah. So, well, you can easily find me on CherylRerick.com and then um, you can do .com slash WTF, our tags special offer. Okay. And you need to put a little dash in between each word. Okay. We'll make sure it's in the show <laughs> As notes. we do, as we do in URLs. Um, and that'll take you to a special offer, like a special discount for my program, WTFR tags. And that program will give you, it'll lay out all my categories. You can swipe them, teach you how to name your own. You'll get my spreadsheet for how I track them. And there's like on at least 10 different behind the scenes demo, like over the shoulder demos in there as well. So lots of examples for people to work with. And, you know, we did nerd out pretty hard here, but if someone is listening, is just getting started just just tag a couple of things. Yeah. Who did they say yes you're allowed to email them? Okay, then they can add them to the newsletter but like create a tag for that. Yeah. Like, so like keep it the box that said it's okay. I you can email them. And then I think one of the other good things to implement when you're new is 
adding a tag when they click a link to a sales page. Mm-hmm. Track who is doing that action. Most email platforms let you add a tag to a link click. Yeah. Um, usually that's inside where you build the email. Usually when you add the URL, there's a place to include a tag there. Those are probably like the two most basic steps you can take that have really good data on the back end for you. Yeah. You know, knowing who's who's seen your sales page is very, very valuable. And it's just one little tag that you can add in a launch yeah. that will be very helpful. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Cheryl, before I let you go, you have been a member inside of our community, the passive project. You have even led some of our mixer events that we have had in there for anyone who's listening, who's maybe thinking about joining passive, any kind of like thoughts about your experience or your feelings of the community or anything like that, that you would want to mention to someone. You know, I was just looking that up, Gemma. And I think I've been in there since like 2019. I am obsessed with that. It's been a long time. (laughs) I love it. Um, I would say, okay, so if you're thinking about joining the Passive Project, um, you are going to be hearing a lot about all the amazing things in there. And it is all amazing. So it's the content is there for you to learn at your own pace when you're ready. Just Mm -hmm. grab templates or lessons if you forget how to do something, um, which is really valuable. Um, But seriously, join for the community, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the people in your group, the people you attract are a unique breed, Gemma. And I have made so many friends and um, so many contacts and collab partners and just um, really high quality entrepreneurs that are so supportive. Like in your Facebook group, any conversation is so helpful in there. I any think- help people need, feedback they need, always yeah. engagement and high level helpful yes. engagement. I would agree. There's the the conversation is it is at a certain level in that in that group and i think it's one of the few places where there's a community that feels small enough where like there's lots of people in there but it's small enough that you really get to know people this isn't a group of yeah. 5000 people mm-hmm. where you feel like an anonymous person it's one where you really do make friends and people that you can collaborate with the number of times i have seen passive project students be on each other's podcasts, or I see them oh, yeah. doing, you know, some sort of um, joint sale together or something. If they're like in a similar industry, it makes me so happy to have known that that connection was made. So, and those ter- can turn into huge advantages um, as a business owner, like having a really good network. I feel like when I kind of started to come out of my even my own um, shell and start making more online business friends. It was right around like 2017. For me, that really shifted uh, my business in a big way. Yeah. And you know, there's so many terrible Facebook groups. <laughs> Being inside a paid community that is has a targeted method and, and direction. And you have coaches in there who are amazing, but it attracts quality entrepreneurs. And I don't mean high level in difficulty necessarily, but I mean high level in that you know, if I need feedback on a sales page and I want feedback from my peers, I'm going to get really thoughtful, really good feedback in there. That's, a really you know, very, very yeah. valuable stuff um, that you just are not going to get in, you know, free communities or, you know, courses that aren't as targeted. Um, so I, I, for me, hugely valuable, the networking. Nice, yeah. I binged all your content, of course, as well, but um, I love the community aspect for me is, is hyper valuable. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. 
Um, okay. Well, I think we've, we've got all the links in the show notes of where all of you can find Cheryl. If you want to follow up this conversation and check out her program and her offers, and maybe even, I, I know Cheryl's like limited in her bandwidth of how many one-on-one clients she takes on. However, if you are desperately needing funnels built, Cheryl, I feel like some people might be coming your way. So I have, I have a VIP day offer for, for those that need, need a hand. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much for having me, Gemma. That's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're ready to launch your first course, sign up for our free class in the show notes to learn my method on how to do it successfully and unlock an invite into our signature program, Course Creator School. Or if you've already launched a course and you're ready to scale and go evergreen, it is time to join us inside of the Passive Project, my membership community for experienced course creators. Head to gemmabottomcarter.com forward slash apply to submit an application. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a rating or review or tag me over on Instagram at gemma.bottomcarter. I would love to hear from you. I'll see you next time on The Course Creator Show.